joy to be here again tonight. I have enjoyed this morning as well. Glad to see each and every one of you that are here. Uh, great singing again tonight, good spirit, and just uh, praise the Lord for, for the freedom to be able to come into his house and worship him tonight. Uh, there's a lot of places in this world where they would love to have the opportunities that we have here, and yet we take them for granted most of the time. I'll tell you what, friends, that day is drawing near, it's getting close, and uh, we need to be ready. I want you to go right back to where we were this morning, Revelation chapter 21. And we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 4. We're going to put our emphasis on 4 tonight. This morning we looked at verses 1 through 3, and we talked about that new heaven and that new earth and the new Jerusalem that comes down. Revelation 21. Revelation 21. And if you're able to stand, would you please stand for the reading of God's Word tonight? Revelation chapter 21, starting with verse 1. We'll read down through verse 8. And here the Bible says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am, I am Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the end, I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for the reading of your word tonight. Lord, we thank you for the good spirit that we can feel here. Lord, we know your presence is among us. And God, we're just praying now that you open up our minds and our hearts to receive this word. God, may it do a mighty work within us. God, may we take this message further than these four walls, God, and take it out into this lost and dying world. And Lord, may we be ambassadors for you. Help me now, Lord, and keep me out of the way. May you be seen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Well, as I said this morning, our emphasis was on those first three verses. Tonight, I want to dwell on verse 4, and particularly that part where it says, And God shall wipe away all tears. And I've titled the message tonight, No More Tears. Uh, listen, during my years in the ministry, I've dealt with a lot of death. I have preached a lot of funerals. I've stopped counting how many at this point. I've dealt with a lot of families that's having to go through hardships and trials. And I've seen one thing in common in all these, and it's tears. Tears, weeping, mourning, grieving family members because of those that they've lost, those loved ones, those family members and friends. And listen, tears are our natural outlet for grief. Uh, you may have heard it said, and I always heard this growing up, real men don't cry. Uh, that's not true. In fact, the Bible says, in the shortest verse in all the Bible, in John eleven thirty five, 35, Jesus wept. 
If you can't remember any of the Bible verse, I believe you can handle that one. Uh, Jesus wept. So if Jesus will weep, then why in the world would we think that we could not weep? Tears. God gives us these tears for a reason. In fact, God takes notice of our tears. He sees it when we cry and when we're grieved and in mourning. And I know this may sound like a, a funeral message tonight, and I uh, apologize if it does, but I just want us to emphasize on these things that God has shown us from his word about what we will not experience in heaven. You know, we talk a lot about those things that eyes not seen, ears not heard, all those things that, that lay before us, those many mansions that, that the Lord has gone to prepare for us. And we think about those streets of gold and all those things. And friends, there's a lot of great, wonderful things we've got to look forward to. But I want you to know tonight, there's a lot of things in heaven that will not be there that we have to put up with down here. And I'm glad of that tonight. The Bible tells us there'll be no more tears. He's going to wipe them away. God, it says, shall wipe away all tears, the Bible says, all tears from their eyes. He goes on to say there, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying. He brings up crying. He's already said no tears. And here are crying. We've got a, 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 diff, a different thing there. Tears and crying are not always the same. You cry for different reasons. You may cry like this morning. I cried just thinking about the time that, that I was married to my wife and I started tearing up. I wasn't sad. I was just, it was, I was overjoyed. Uh, but we cry for many different things. And these, this list of things, he talks about pain. No more pain. And I love that part where it says the former things are passed away. What does he mean by that? He means all this stuff we're putting up with down here right now. These former things, they will no longer be there, no longer present. God gives us these tears, and he takes notice, as I mentioned. If you want to turn to 2 Kings uh, chapter 20, you'll find a place in here where King Hezekiah is going through a trial. And Hezekiah is there. He's sick unto death, the Bible says, in 2 Kings chapter 20, starting with verse 1. The Bible says, In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. And the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amoz, came to him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Then he turned his face to the wall and prayed unto the Lord, saying, I beseech thee, O Lord, remember now how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart, and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. Verse 4 says, And it came to pass, afore Isaiah was gone out into the middle court, that the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Turn again and tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, Thus saith the Lord, the God of David, thy father, I have heard thy prayer, and listen to this, I have seen thy tears. I've seen thy tears. Behold, I will heal thee. On the third day thou shalt go up unto the house of the Lord, and I will add unto thy days fifteen years, and I will deliver thee and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria. And I will defend this city for mine own sake and for my servant David's sake. And so here we have this very important man. He's sick unto death. He's going to die. And he's laying there grieving over this. He's not ready to go. And he pleads to the Lord. He's been walking with the Lord. He's, he even told the Lord, he said, I've walked before thee in truth. You know that, Lord, you know me, you know my heart. 
I'm not ready for this. And he's weeping, the Bible says. And the Bible says that the Lord heard him and saw, he's seen, thy tears. Behold, I will heal thee, he said. I want you to know that God still heals today. Uh, I don't believe in these guys that's on the community channels that go around and, and claiming they can slap people with their coat and heal them and stuff like that. I don't believe in that. Uh, I know that God can heal. He still does heal. And if it's his prerogative to heal somebody, he will heal them. I do know he doesn't heal everyone. It's not his will to heal everyone. And if you think about it, some people say, well, and I've had the people come to me and say, Preacher, listen, I don't understand how it's fair that God would allow so-and-so to die. They were so young. Or, or the person that I love so much, why would he allow them to die? Why would God take those people from me? That's not fair. That's not a fair God, and I refuse to, to serve a God like that. And a lot of people have that, that thought. Well, think about it this way. The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is not a single person today that is worthy enough to reach heaven. None of us are worthy. In fact, it's not fair that anyone should go to heaven. In fact, we should all perish and go to hell. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Friends, that means that anyone, whosoever the Bible says, not just the Calvinists, whosoever the Bible says, we just believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, repent of our sins, and believe on the Lord Jesus, and he will save us. I want you to know tonight, anyone can be saved. But just as the Lord saw Hezekiah's tears, he sees your tears as well. Now, as a parent of three kids, well, they're not kids anymore, they're all grown and out of the house, adults. But as a parent, you know what it's like when one of your children get hurt, one of them's gone through something, and they come and they're crying, and how it breaks your heart, and all you want to do is fix it. You'll do anything. You'll go to the ends of the earth to fix whatever's wrong with that kid. You grandparents, I'm not a grandparent yet, but you grandparents, you do the same thing for those grandkids. I believe some of you love them grandkids more than you do them kids. <laughs> I know my parents sure acted that way. But listen... God knows those tears, and just like a parent does for their child here, their, their heart yearns for those children to help them, our Heavenly Father wants to help us as well. The Lord Jesus sees your tears, and He wants us to cast our care upon Him. In fact, 1 Peter 5 and 7 says, Casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. I love to give people that scripture that's, in, that's hurting and and weeping and mourning and, and let them know that God does care. I know you may have lost your loved one and it doesn't seem fair at this point. But friends, I want you to know that God always knows what's best in our lives. The Bible, like I said, it says there in 1 Peter 5 and 7, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. And that has gave me such joy over the years to think of that. And those times that I am weeping and in mourning and hurting and I'll think sometimes Lord do you care and I can turn to that verse and see yes he does care a few years ago I want to tell you this little story a few years ago there was a lady that I went to high school with her name was Dina um, she contacted me through our church website the church I used to pastor I had not seen her since we graduated from Gibbs High School back in 1984 uh, we wasn't really friends. Uh, I mean, we spoke 
now and then, a few times over the years of being in school. But she contacted me through our church website. She'd been watching our services. And uh, she was one of those popular kids in school. She was uh, a cheerleader and had all these friends and, and everything. And, you know, everybody thought she's just going to go real far. Uh, life didn't treat her too well after high school. She told me that uh, she had became a real bad, severe diabetic. Uh, she, in fact, she was a double amputee. She had to have her legs removed uh, because of diabetes. Uh, she also had heart problems and kidney problems. And she's my age, uh, was my age. This has been a while back now. Uh, but she told me she'd been listening to our church services on the Internet. She wanted me to know that they'd been helping her. She had planned to come and visit the church. Uh, she had wrote to me a few times over email uh, for the church website. And she told me a few times she had planned to come to our church. She wanted to know about the the, the wheelchair ramp so that she'd be able to get to the door and how people would treat her when she got there and all this. And she had worked it all out and she thought she was going to get to come soon. And um, here's the last correspondence I had from her. She said, it's such a blessing to know that you and your church are praying for, for me and thinking about me. I've been so sick here lately and I've hardly had any time to do anything except go to dialysis or doctor appointments. I'm so tired, Byron, and it is times like these that I just want to give up. Many times I just stop what I'm doing and pray so hard and so loud that I know that there's no possible way the neighbors didn't hear me. I cry and cry and cry. And I know that it doesn't help, but I feel like it does. Well, I'm going to go lay down again. Uh, three weeks later, I was reading the Knoxville News sitting on the obituaries and saw that Dita had died. She never did get to come and visit the church. But those words that she said, as I looked at that obituary, she said, I cry and cry and cry. She told me she's in constant pain and laid in bed most of the time. I wanted to help her. I wanted the church to be able to help her, but there was nothing we could do. Only the Lord was able to help her. And the Lord heard her cries. He saw her tears. And he gave her the ultimate healing. Over in Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 19. The Bible says, For the people shall dwell in Zion at Jerusalem. Thou shalt weep no more. He will be very gracious unto thee at the voice of thy cry. When he shall hear it, he will answer thee. Oh, friends, listen, one of these days, God shall wipe away all tears. No more pain, no more suffering, no more death and dying. He's going to wipe those tears away. I think about the many loved ones I've lost over the last, uh, when I'm 54, 5 years old. And I've lost many, many loved ones. There's two that's made a big impact on me. First was my sister, Pam. She's my older sister. At 39 years old, well, at 38, she, she got leukemia, just right out of the blue. And she went through the bone marrow transplants, and uh, she had all the, the things that go with that. And it didn't, it re, she rejected it. And uh, in um, December of 2002, Pam died. She only lived a year after being diagnosed with uh, leukemia. 
And she died, 39 years old. I will never forget the call I got that night to come to the emergency room down here St. Mary's. It used to be open down here on Broadway. And they said, you need to come. And I came, and I walked in the room, and there stood Mom and Dad and a doctor. And there was my sister laying there on that bed. She was dead. That doctor standing there just so robotic-like explaining how she died and all this. I looked over at my parents, and I can tell you they looked like they aged 10 years that night. And I saw the tears as they flowed down their face. My tears were overflowing. I was both angry and grieving over losing my sister. The second was losing dad. We lost dad to cancer in 2016. He was only 76. That may seem old to you, but when you get that old, you'll, you'll not think that. 76 years old and, and died with cancer. He was a picture of health until the cancer came and took him over. There's times I still sit and think about him, and I weep. I weep. The psalmist David captures this very well. Over in Psalm chapter 6, verses 2 through 9, the Bible says, Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are vexed. My soul is also sore vexed, but thou, O Lord, how long? Return, O Lord, deliver my soul. O save me for thy mercy's sake. For in death there is no remembrance of thee. In the grave who shall give thee thanks? Verse 6 says, I am weary with my groaning. All the night make I my bed to swim. I water my couch with my tears. Mine eyes consume because of grief. It waxeth old because of all mine enemies. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. For the Lord has heard the voice of my weeping. The Lord has heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayer. Friends, these mortal, earthly, fleshy bodies that we have, they're going to experience such pain and grief throughout, throughout our lives. If you've not experienced it yet, just hold on. It's coming. It's coming. Nobody is immune from going through heartaches and trials, sorrow and death. Uh, many of you have went through such horrible tragedies in your life, and you didn't think you would live through it. We've been through, through some things, and we thought there's no way that we can live through this, but yet somehow we have, because the Lord has hurt us. Some of you have lost children, you've lost husbands, wives, brothers, sisters, grandparents, close friends, grandchildren. How awful to have to bury one of your children. I know sometimes we don't even want to get over it. We get in such a state, we think, I just want to remain just like this. I'm just going to stay angry and going to stay mad and going to stay weeping. And we just want the world to go by. Oh, but friends, the Lord loves us and He sees those tears. He cares for us. He's always got those arms outstretched. Come. Come, he says. He's there for us. The Bible says in Psalm 30 and 5, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Over in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6 and verse 21, the Bible says, Blessed are ye that weep now, for ye shall laugh. That's what the Lord Jesus said. 
And we talk, like I said, about all the wonderful things of heaven, those things that we're going to get to see and enjoy, that God's prepared for us. But I am thankful for those things that will not be there in heaven. None of those things that hinder us down here will be present. No reason to weep, no reason to cry, no reason to grieve or mourn. These bodies will no longer experience, experience pain. It's only because of sin that we have the curse of all the health issues that we have today. And some people say, I don't understand why we have to go through this or that. Friends, it's sin. Sin has caused sickness and disease. If it had not been for sin, we would have perfect bodies, the same as, as the original man and woman, until they sinned. We'll never have to see another loved one die from cancer. I've not even counted the number of family members of mine that's died from cancer. Uncles, aunts, grandparents, father, sister, on and on. No more doctor visits. There comes a point in your life you reach a certain age when your health starts going down and it seems like the only thing you do is keep up your doctor visit schedule. I've went through that with my mother as she would go every week to some different doctor for a different reason or another. No more chemotherapy. The brutality that that does to a human body as it tries to kill the disease, it kills the person. It's horrible. No more insurance co-pays. No more going to the doctor and they say, you've not met your deductible yet, which is now $6,000. No more insulin shots. No more dialysis. As I said, praise the Lord, my mother came off of dialysis. Very rare that that ever happened. She only has one kidney, but she was able to come off of it because the one kidney is producing enough for her. The Lord has blessed her. But I want you to know the things that she saw as she would go to those dialysis center as row after row after row of people that came in three times a week to have to have their, their, their fluids taken off and new ones put in and it recycled and put back. What an awful existence that is. No more of that. No more blood pressure medicine. No more drug companies taking you for everything you've got. No more cholesterol pills. Brother Byron don't have to worry about exercising at all in heaven. Not that he cares much down here. No more arthritis. I've seen so many people that their hands are all curled up. Big old knuckles and ends of their fingers and they're so painful and they can't hardly grab anything or do anything. No more depression. And depression is real. I heard a pastor one time say, if you're depressed, you ain't close enough to the Lord. Really? Where's that at in the Bible? It's not in there. What about Elijah? No more anxiety. No more panic attacks. Has anybody ever had a panic attack? No more being overweight. No more going to the doctor and him looking at you and say. You're going the wrong way. No more dieting. No more funerals. No more receiving friends. As I mentioned, Brother Donnie Walker is going to receive friends Tuesday for his, his funeral over at Bridges Funeral Home. 
All those that have, have 16 grandchildren. No more of that. No more caskets. No more obituaries. I won't check the obituaries every day to see if I'm in them. All these things that we have to endure in our lives on a daily basis now are going to be gone in heaven because the Bible says that none of that will be there. None of that. The curse of sin. I believe it's the next chapter in verse 3. Revelation 22 and 3, I believe it says there will be no more curse. The curse is gone. But this wicked, sin-filled world will never have to experience all these things. Does that make you glad tonight? It sure does me. But listen, until the Lord takes us out of this place, uh, we need to be spending our time not only awaiting and looking for heaven and looking for the Lord to come and, and things, but we need to be occupying. We need to be doing our part during this time. There's so many people that are lost and dying in this world. And it's our job to try to reach them with the gospel. I want to give you one little bit of friendly advice as I close. Whenever you're around someone and they're grieving, maybe they've lost a loved one. And they're crying their eyes out. The best thing you can do for them is to come right up along beside them and just be silent. The Bible says in Romans 12, 15, Rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that weep. Don't ever tell anybody not to cry or to grieve. It's the way that we express how we feel. And listen, I know this has not been much in a way of a salvation message, but I do want you to know if you're lost tonight, this don't apply to you. There's much worse things for those that are not saved. They will go to hell. And they will suffer in agony and torment for eternity. Just as heaven is eternal, so is hell. And all those that's not believed in the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, they will go there. There's no place like the Roman Catholics teach called purgatory. That's not in the Bible. There's no place. After you die, there's no place you go and then repent of your sins or, or get saved or do some kind of work or pay a priest or whatever it is they do. Uh, pray to the saints to try to save that lost soul. It's over with. This, like I said this morning, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. It's not after you're gone. So I do want to encourage you to be aware of those that you're around, your family members, your friends, your co-workers, your neighbors, those that don't know the Lord. Friends, just a simple introduction to the Lord Jesus is all you need to do. You're not the one to save them. The Lord saves them. All you do is bring the message. He does the work. Amen. Well, if you please stand, I do want to pray with you. If you have a need, if you need to come to the altar for any reason, I'll pray with you. And Brother Scott, you can get an invitation song, but let's, let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for the message tonight. Lord, I know it's a sobering message that we understand exactly what goes on in this world, Lord, and those that are lost and dying. But God, we also are thankful for what you've said in your word about wiping away all of our tears 
And God, that list of things that we know won't be in heaven. Lord, we're so thankful that we won't have to suffer anymore. Lord, you said we'd have new bodies. God, will have bodies like yours. And Lord, we won't have to worry about it anymore. Lord, if there's one under the sound of my voice tonight, God, that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, would this be the night, God, you'd convict their heart and show them the need to be saved before it's too late? Oh, Lord, help them, God. 